It's The Principle with Pastor Mac, where we learn the heart of God through the mind of Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. I am your host, Pastor Mac. Join me as we dive into the passages of Scripture and find out how principles from God's Word give us the power to overcome the problems of life. Hello, everyone. So glad you could join me this week. I uh, need to apologize. I've missed a couple of weeks. Had a lot of things going on in uh, life and with kids and grandkids and, and grandkid, excuse me, and job and church and all of those things. I, I'm sure you understand, but I do apologize for not being faithful in uh, getting this done over the last couple of weeks. But uh, I'm very excited to be back with you. I'm going to do something a little different tonight that I, I, I haven't done since I've been doing my podcast. And that is I'm going to bring a portion uh, or part of my sermon that I did Sunday. This last Sunday, yesterday would be yesterday for me uh, here at Spirit Walk in Prattville. And uh, I don't normally do that because I have some folks from church that listen and, and some uh, some friends of mine that listen to my sermons. And so I, I don't want to I don't want to bore them or double dip into something. But for those of you who don't have the opportunity to listen to me on Sunday mornings, um, what I brought yesterday was just, for me, was so uh, encouraging and exciting. And I just felt like I wanted to take a break. Uh, Where I plan to go next is to do a series through the Ten Commandments. But I wanted to take a a break from doing a series and, and... and just look at a verse and look at a thought that I have never preached on and never studied on until the last couple of weeks. And so if, uh, if you're listening, I'll read this to you. If you have your Bibles, first uh, Peter chapter one, starting in verse 10, it says of this salvation, the prophets have inquired and searched carefully who prophesied of the grace that would come searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ who was in them was indicating when he testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. To them it was revealed that not to themselves but to us they were ministering the things which now have been reported to you through those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things which angels desire to look into. Um, Now, I... Uh, when I preached this, I preached on the prophets um, and the angels because Peter mentions both. Um, but for time's sake in this podcast, I will probably only discuss the angels. Um, if I get time for the prophets, I will. But um, so I begin to look at this verse. Uh, it was something about it a few weeks back that just stuck in my spirit. I mulled over it in my mind for days and got to thinking on it. And so which things the angels desire to look into the new King James, I said, I think it says angels long to look into. And so begin to do a study uh, on, on the angels and throughout the scripture and not, here's the thing. The study I did was not necessarily uh, a study of, of things that angels did. It was a study of when angels were present at something, whether they did something or not, whether they, the angels were present at an event, whether they did anything or not. And it was to me just beautiful, right? Uh, okay. I'm a little weird. I know. Uh, 
but it was just, it was so great and so encouraging that I brought it to the church and I just want to bring it to you. So I'm going to go through the scripture, just some passages and just show you some areas, show you some things where angels were present, but they didn't really do anything. All they did was watch. And I think you'll see this, and I think you'll find it as encouraging and as, as, an, and as exciting as I did. So we're going to go first to Job chapter 38. And in Job 38, the, uh, verses 4 through 7, it's, the Lord is talking to Job. And the Lord is, this is when the Lord is telling him, Job, you're going to stand up like a man, and I'm going to talk to you, and you're going to answer me. And, uh, and so he brings out something. Uh, just a, a, a little passage here, Job 38, verses 4 through 7. Um, in fact, let me just start at verse uh, 5. Who determined its measurements? Surely you know. This is God talking to Job, talking about creation. He's talking about when I, when I laid everything out, where were you? Um, you know, do you know who, who put the stars in the place? Do you know who gave the size of the earth? Do you know? You know surely you know. Or who stretched the line upon it? To what were its foundations fashioned, fastened, excuse me, or who laid its cornerstone when the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy? Now, um, you can do some study on this, but the morning stars and the sons of God in this passage, you see the word sons of God also in Genesis, uh, early in Genesis, that passage where it says the sons of God. Uh, and the daughters of men got together and, and had giants and all that. Um, but if you do study here, uh, morning stars and sons of God refer to angels. So when the Lord was creating the universe, angels were present. They were there. I've known some guys that, and in fact, I used to teach this a few years back. Um, and I knew some guys that used to teach this, that angels were created during Genesis chapter 1 and 2. But if you look at this passage in Job, God is speaking in it. That doesn't, that doesn't line up with the idea of angels being uh, created in Genesis. Uh, it doesn't line up with what God is saying right here in Job 38. He says when he created the universe, when he created the world, when he created the seas and he created the sky and the birds and the cattle and the beast and created man that angels were there they were watching and it uh and i i found something i had to make some connections so just bear with me i, I don't know how far i get into this in fact it's just so beautiful um when the morning stars sang together and the sons of god shouted for joy all right that's two different things happening in one part they're singing and in another part they're shouting and I think there's, a, a, and just bear with me in my folly, as Paul says, I think there's a reason for the difference. I don't think God's just speaking just to say something. And so the morning stars sang together. They sang together in praise over creation. They sang together when he put the earth together. They, they sang together when he, when, he put, when he spoke the stars into existence. I mean, they were watching it all, and in praise to what he was doing, they were, all, I mean, they were offering this up as a song. They were giving him praise for all the, I mean, they were laying it out. Can you imagine how beautiful it must have been when the angels got to see all this? And they're watching what he does. But there comes a point in time where they switch from singing 
to shouting. And I think, I think I can give you a verse, and again, maybe I'm stretching, but I don't think so. I can give you a verse that I, that I think can give us a clue as to the point at which they were shouting. Luke chapter 15. This is the parable of the lost sheep and the lost coin and the parable of the prodigal son. But in, in Luke 15 verse 7, when, when the, the, uh, the shepherd finds the lost sheep, Jesus is saying, I say to you that likewise there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 just persons who need no repentance. Uh, verse 10, uh, talking about the lost coin, likewise I say to you there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. The, the word joy there, it, it means to shout for joy. So when a, a sinner comes home. When a sinner gets saved, uh, again, I don't have time to give you all the scripture, but we know from Paul and the teachings and from Acts and, and all the things that happened, we know that in the life of that person who was a sinner, that God, through the person of the Holy Spirit, breathes into that person the breath of life, the life of Jesus, and they become alive. They once were dead in their sin and trespasses, but Jesus came while we were dead in our sin and trespasses in order to give us, to forgive us of our sins, to pay the penalty for our, for our sin, and then to offer us life. And that life is done through the Holy Spirit, which is, the word spirit means breath. So when a, when a repentant sinner does that, gets the life of Christ, according to the scripture, there is shouting and joy in heaven. Now, if you go to Genesis chapter 1, you find that uh, the scripture says um, that when God created man, I'm sorry, Genesis chapter 2, when God created man, that the Lord God, verse 7, the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Same, listen, the same process that occurs in our lives when we get saved is the very same process that God did with Adam in Genesis chapter 2 when he created, he formed him, right? Fingers and toes and eyeballs and ears and nostrils and all that kind of stuff. But then there came a point in time because, uh, because when God formed him, he was just an empty shell. There was no life. But when God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and he became a living soul, just like on your, the day of your salvation, I believe angels went from praising to shouting because they knew something was different. They knew something was happening. They knew that God had done something totally different than anything else he had done up to that point in time. When he created the stars, they thought it was beautiful. They gave him praise. When he created the, the, the solar system, they thought it was beautiful and they gave him praise. When, they, when he created the planets and this planet, they thought it was beautiful. They gave him praise. When he created the animals and the sky and the sea and he created the flowers and the trees and he did all that, they thought it was beautiful. In fact, the scripture says that the heavens declare, creation declares the glory of God. 
They thought it was beautiful. They gave him praise. But at the moment that God breathed his own life into something, into Adam, into man, it so blew their minds. It so shot. It so awed them. It so shocked them. It so. Uh, it, it so. Uh, they were so enamored with it that it went from antithetical praise. It went into a shout for joy. I mean, this is that they knew something was different. Now, the interesting part about that is that they didn't have anything to do with it. They only watched. And so, uh, so. I, I think the angels were just, they were so enamored that they thought, okay, well, God, what are you doing here in the creation of man? What what are you trying to do? Um, and so we know that even Jesus, when he talks about, when he talked about no man knows the time, the day or the time when God, you know, when the, when the rapture is going to take place, the catching away of his people, when, uh, you know, there are certain things that angels and people, and, and at some point in time, even the son didn't know. So, they knew that something was different, though. They were watching, and they knew at that moment that there was something so beautiful and so different about God himself putting his life into the body of a being, somebody that was not God. We had flesh. We had blood. We had bones. And yet, in us, he put his life so that there would be a juxtaposition or a union of the God life and the man life in our being. And they knew it was something different because they knew it was something different from even them. Angels are spiritual beings. They're not physical beings. Now, they can take on the form of man, and we see that in Scripture. But that's not who they are. They're spiritual beings. And so when they looked at creation and saw Adam, they knew. And it went from it went from a song to a shout. And I'm going to tell you, if that don't excite you about your salvation, I don't know what will. But let me, okay, so let me keep on. So they were present at creation. According to Genesis chapter 18, angels were present when God told Abraham and Sarah that they would have the seed, the promised child, within a year. Genesis 18 and 2, there were three people that showed up, and one was the Lord, and the other two were angels. And they were there when God said, you shall have your promise, you shall have your seed. The promised seed would be within a year. Angels were there. Then you go on down a little further in Genesis 32, verse 1. Genesis 32 is the time when, when Jacob wrestles the angel and his name is changed from Jacob, deceiver, supplanter, to Israel, prince of God and man, or prince of God. Excuse me, prince of God. Now, and you look at Genesis 32, Jacob sees the angels. In fact, he calls the area where he is camped, encamped there, he calls it the place of two camps because he knows he's camped there as a human, but he also saw angels uh, camping there and hanging out. So it was a camp of angels. And so they were there present. Not just the idea of Jacob wrestling one, and, and you know, there are many there are many thoughts about who that angel was that Jacob wrestled. I don't want to get into all that. But angels were present. They were watching. They knew something was about to happen. And so they were watching and seeing what, what was going to happen in this area or in this time when Jacob was going to wrestle an angel and be changed from Jacob to Israel. 
that he would be the one that the nation would come through, that his 12 sons would be the 12 tribes. And so they knew something was going on. Then you go a little further, you get in Exodus 23. And angels were present, according to God. He said he would send his angel before them and the children of Israel. He would send his angels with them, the children of Israel, when they were in the wilderness. You see, you see angels present then. You see them, they're, uh, they're guarding, they're, they're making the way, they're watching, they're keeping, they're keeping over them, watch over the children of Israel. Not just with the idea, listen, if you study the scripture out, if you study it out, you get the idea that it's not just for protection, it's not just to clear the way, but they're watching what's going on. I mean, they were present when the when the plagues were happening. They were watching this. They wanted to see what God was going to do. They were trying to figure out, what is it, God, what is your plan? What are you doing here? You know, they went into slavery, now you're pulling them out. So, God, you're doing something special here. Let me go a little further because I don't want to take a whole, I don't want to go past the time. Deuteronomy 33. According to Deuteronomy 33, angels were present when God gave the Ten Commandments, the law on Mount Sinai with Moses. They were there. They were watching. They're trying to figure it all out. They're trying to put the pieces together. They, they, they were, they were checking it out. You've got, you've got in several visions in the Old Testament, you've got angels present. Jacob's Jacob's ladder. It was angels that ascended and descended. It was Isaiah that in Isaiah 6, in the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. Angels were present in his vision. In Ezekiel, angels were present in his visions. The first visions, the will within the will, the, the four living creatures, all of those. He's got angels present in his vision. And you've got, you've, and in, in those, angels were a, a part of the revelation that each of, these, each of these prophets got that brought forth the word, the promise, the, the prophecies of God establishing a kingdom, God calling his people, God setting up his tabernacle. He said, and, and all of these prophets, I, I, I will establish my covenant with them. I will be their God and they will be my people. And, and so you've got all these, you've got the angels involved in all of these. It was an angel, Daniel chapter 10. It was an angel that brought the, the, the answer to Daniel's prayer about the revelation for his visions. He's prayed and remember the angel said, I came through, you know, 21 days. Uh, I came 21 days ago, but the, the prince of Persia withstood me. It was an angel that was coming to bring the revelation to Daniel about his visions in Daniel chapter 10. You've got in Zechariah chapter 1, it was an angel that came to Zechariah and gave him the strength in order to be able to receive the heaviness and the load of the eight visions that God gave him. All right, let me keep going. It was an angel that came to Mary and told Mary, you know, blessed are you and highly favored and, and, uh, uh, and you are going to have, you're going to carry the seed that will be the son of God. It was an angel that came to Mary and told her that the angel didn't do anything. He just brought the message. Right, that's the 
idea of the word angel means messenger of God. It was an angel that went that uh, you know uh, that got involved with with uh, Zechariah and and uh, you know all the different things that around the birth of John the Baptist and Jesus. You're, I mean, you're talking angels that were there watching. Scripture says that angels came and ministered to the Lord after his temptations and to strengthen him. They were there. They were watching, and they were trying to figure out exactly what God was doing. They, they, were, trying to, they were trying to look. Now, you're talking about beings that are in the presence of God, right? They have seen his character. They've seen his glory. They've seen what, he's, what he has built or made in heaven. They, they've seen all this. And yet, according to 1 Peter chapter 1, what God is doing down here on the earth not what he's done in heaven. What he's doing down here on the earth is so, is so intriguing and so praiseworthy and so awe-inspiring and so awesome and so, uh, I mean, so wonderful and beautiful that, that the Scripture says that they desire and long to look into, they desire to long and look into things. I mean, you know, what, what an incredible, amazing thought. So let, let me let me go let me go look at this a little longer. Um, it, the scripture says, First Peter chapter one verse twelve, which things the angels desire to look into. The word desire means to 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 lean over, to long to see, to be up on your tiptoes and, and, and like, you know, like kids would lean over the rail and they'd get over their tiptoes and try to see something that they were, they were so anxious about it. They were leaning over, they were looking into it. And, and, and the word to look into means to bend beside or to stoop beside someone. I, let me go. So I can imagine, I told the church this, and maybe this is just my, my glorified imagination or my sanctified imagination, I hope. You know, there was one angel on the stone that rolled away. And according to the scripture, there were two angels in the tomb. Now, we know that, uh, we know according to Revelation that there are literally tens of thousands of millions of angels. Can you imagine? I, I wonder if, you know, I, if this is just me. I wonder if they argued, Lord, let me be the one to sit on the stone. I wonder if they, I wonder if they, you know, divvied up. Hey, let me, let me go sit on the, let me go sit at the head of the tomb. Let me, and let me sit at the foot of the tomb. Let me go, let me be the one that's there. Let me be the one that tells Martha that, that Jesus is not here. Let me be the one that sits on the, the tomb. Let me be the one to roll it away. How about if I roll it away and you sit on it? I'm okay with that. I mean, I, I, could you imagine the, the, that this thing, this plan, this gospel message, this gospel truth that was lived out by Jesus, the one born of a virgin that lived a sinless life that, that was betrayed and denied and accused and 
suffered and paid the price for our sin. And when he, when he died, he went to the throne of heaven and he took the blood of the spotless lamb and he, he put it upon the mercy seat so God would forever be satisfied, the propitiation for our sin, the satisfaction for our sin. And then the angels, they're looking at the tomb. They're seeing the body of Jesus, and they're trying to figure out exactly what God's going to do. And then on the third day, on the third day, Jesus comes out of the grave. Jesus comes out of the grave, dead for three days. And the angels look, and I, I can I can only imagine. They, they're looking at it, and, and they're trying to figure out this awesome thing that has happened, this amazing thing that Jesus coming out of the grave, and what does that mean? And now he's sitting at the right hand of the Father, right? After a few days with the disciples, he goes and sits at the right hand of the Father, and the angels are still trying to figure it out. And then they realize that the Holy Spirit's come to the earth, and now they're trying to watch that. And Paul, I mean, excuse me, and Peter, Peter has one word, one word to describe all this. One word to describe the plan of the, 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 the creation of man, the forming of man, the giving of the law, the calling of Abraham, the, the, the birth of Isaac, the wrestling of Jacob, the words given to the prophets, the birth of, the, the, of, of one of a virgin and Jesus and, and, and the sinless life and the spotless lamb and the, the crucifixion and dead for three days and rising on the three days, on the third day, and then sitting at the right hand of the Father and sending the Holy Spirit. Paul, uh, Peter has one word that describes all of this. One word. I want to go back to verse 10. The salvation that the prophets inquired and searched carefully who prophesied of the grace that would come to you. What an amazing thought. Prophesied of the grace. Not power. Not military might. Not victory. Grace. Now, we should all know, I hope you know this, that each of us, because of grace, there's power and there's strength and there's might and there's victory and there's life. But it all starts with grace. This amazing thing that the angels longed to look into, that they wanted to figure out Yes, the, it's the message of the gospel. Yes, it's the message of the gospel. But the thing that blows them away is grace. My friend, I want to encourage you. In a world gone mad, in politics gone crazy, in a culture that is so chaotic and in disorder, that it's hard to call it a culture. We have something that puts the angels in awe. It leaves them speechless. And it's the grace of God being active in our lives. And the scripture says that they want to watch 
and they stoop down, they bend down beside us so they can see the grace of God active in our lives. So that the grace of God being active in your life as you grow spiritually, as you learn, as you get deliverance from sin and, and things in your life, as, as, you, as you draw closer to the Lord, as your prayer life develops, as, you're, as, you, as, as the Holy Spirit becomes more real and more alive in you and you, and, and you display the glory and the life-changing power of God and Christ in your life, the angels are watching and they are in awe because you are living out and experiencing something they can never know. And that's the grace of God. I preached it yesterday and just thinking about it now, even now. It's been just a little over 24 hours that I preached it. And even the thought of it now, can I tell you? I would say leave me speechless, but I've been talking for the last 30 minutes. It blows me away. And it lets me know that no matter what I'm going through, that I know and serve a God who loves me more than I could ever fathom. There is a God, a perfect, holy, righteous, all-powerful, all-knowing, all-seeing God, all-wise, that knows everything about you and chooses to give you grace. So today, if you don't know that God, I beg you, know him. It's the greatest thing on the face of this planet. And if you do know that, God, take some time to be grateful for his amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch. Even a wretch like me. God bless you is my prayer. Reach out to me. Let me know if you've got a thought or something you'd like me to talk about. I appreciate it. I love you. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.